Well, good day, good day, and welcome back to episode two of Radio Stone Fence Theater with your host, Valley Vic, and a whole gang. Yes, sir, we're here at our studio on the banks of the beautiful Bonechere, just downstream from Round Lake in the Ottawa Valley. Yes, sir, at this time of the year, the ice is good now, and and people are taking pike and walleye out of the lake, so we don't want to be too long about this. But we've got some special guests here. We just got to bring them out. Fran Pinkerton's going to be here. And Clint DeGarty, he's back again. And our resident historian, well, yes, Joanne Zummer, she's back to take you for another tour. So pull up a chair and make yourself at home. Historical Bryan Theater. It's a great place to view a flick. The sound is great and the seats are comfy. For a night out, it's just a trick. They feature classics for the film group and the biggest, biggest names. The historic O'Brien Theater It makes watching TV kind of lame If you want economical entertainment on a grand scale You've got to come out to the O'Brien Theater in Renfrew We bet you've never experienced a movie in such grandeur The theater was built as an opera house By Renfrew's M.J. O'Brien, father of the NHL And it's been completely renovated for comfort and great sound Come once... And you'll be back again soon. The historic O'Brien Theater. It makes watching TV seem kind of lame. Okay, well, I guess I'm going to talk to Fran, whose last name now is... Pinkerton. Pinkerton, but what's what's the other last name you go by? Oh yeah, now um yes, it gets a little confusing for people. I, I'm still uh, Francis Pinkerton um, legally, but uh, I go by Fran Hobbs, which is my maiden name on Facebook. So a lot of people in the area know me um, as Fran Hobbs as well. Okay. Um, I kept my uh, my married name because I have three sons and nine and a half grandchildren who were all Pinkertons. So it kind of makes sense for me to be one of them still. <laughs> That's a good idea. And um, you obviously have a, a British accent. Yes, and I'm told, having just got back from England, having spent Christmas and New Year's with my mum, that I'm sounding very English again, so everybody's having to work out what I'm saying again. And how long have you been in Canada? Uh, 26 years. Always here in the valley, or did you come to another area? No, I'm not always in the valley, although fairly close. Uh, I shouldn't say not in the valley. I'm not sure whether the Pembroke area counts as being valley. I suppose it does, really. I've always lived up um, in in this general area. Um, I actually moved over here the first time in the 70s, and after... Uh, living in Toronto for one year, we moved up to um, just outside Pembroke. Uh, and my first son was born in Pembroke General Hospital, in actual fact. And then um, we went back to England for uh, almost 10 years and came back here with uh, two more boys who were born in, in England, as well as my first son. And um, uh, that was in 1988 when we moved back. 
we were living near, sort of halfway between Beechburg and Westmeath at the time. Um, and my boys went to Westmeath. Claire. <laughs> my boys went to Westmeath School. Um, then we moved to Forrester's Falls um, and lived there for several years. And uh, after a while, I moved up um, to Maple Leaf. And I lived there for a couple of years, but I was working at the Wilno Tavern. So I got to know this particular area, the, in, um, where I'm living now, a lot better when I was working at the Wilno Tavern. Um, and I've now lived just outside Killaloo in what used to be Old Ruby Township for 16 years. My goodness. And what, and what brought you to the valley to start with? Why did you come from the UK to the Ottawa Valley? Um, well, <laughs> a bit of a complicated story. Uh, my, my first husband, um, his brother had married a Pembroke girl. And so, and they really liked the, the Beechburg, Westmeath area. And so they've always lived in that area. And, uh, so we had moved up to this area after, um, after moving over to Canada, um, uh, and my first husband is grew up in Canada, uh, but I met him in England, and then we and we married and moved over here. So you married a Canadian, just like the traditional. Well, you weren't a war bride, but no, that's that's no. an honoured <laughs> way to get here, right? You marry a Canadian. That's right. Okay. That's right. Um, not quite a war bride, no. But and, and yet he was he was in the army, um, but I was training as an army nurse, and he came in with a broken leg. So that's kind of how that happened. Very romantic. <laughs> and so you're still nursing. You were nursing and you're also a musician. You are yes, a singer um, and you're an actress with Stone Fence. That's right. That's right. And did um, you ever expect to, when you ended up in a small place like uh, the Ottawa Valley, to be able to uh, practice the arts as avidly as you do? There'd be, there would be as much opportunity? No, no. It's, it's been wonderful, actually. And my migration towards Wilno was because of the music. Um, when I was living in Forrester's Falls, um, uh, a couple of friends of mine actually brought me up to the Wilno Tavern on a Tuesday night and introduced me to to the, the Tuesday night blues jam. And um, uh, um, that's how I came to know about it and how I ended up moving into the area and, and working there. I'd been uh, visiting on Tuesday nights um, and, and joining in, doing, just standing up and doing harmonies with people at first and then learning a few songs and starting to sing them with the musicians and and I, I got hooked on the on being able to actually perform and, and being able to be part of the music scene. Um, so when I decided to move up into the area, I asked Corinne if she was looking for anybody um, to work at the tavern and she, she actually was at the time. She was looking for a new server to, to train up and that's how I got the, the job at the tavern. Well, that's that's uh, wonderful. You were the singing server then. I was the singing server, literally sometimes. People knew that I was a singer and would actually ask me to sing at their tables. Great. Thank you, Fran. And now Fran is going to sing a traditional folk song that she learnt at her mother's knee, and it's a song that she likes to sing to her grandchildren. That's right. So this goes out to uh, all of my grandchildren as well as uh, the general public. 
There was a tailor and a mouse, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. They lived together in one house, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. Hide-a-lunk-cum-tum-tum-tum through the town of Ramsey. Hide-a-lunk-cum over the lee. Hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. The tailor thought the mouse was ill, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. He gave him half of a blue pill, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. Hide-a-lunk-cum-tum-tum-tum through the town of Ramsey. Hide-a-lunk-cum over the lee, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. The tailor thought the mouse would die, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. He baked him in an apple pie, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. Hide-a-lunk-cum-tum-tum through the town of Ramsey. Hide-a-lunk-cum over the lee, hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle. The tailor thought the mouse was dead. Hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle He bought another in its stead Hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle Hide-a-lunk-cum-tum-tum-tum Through the town of Ramsey Hide-a-lunk-cum over the lee Hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle The pie was cut, the mouse ran out Hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle He chased the tailor all about Hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle Hide-a-lunk-cum-tum-tum-tum Through the town of Ramsey Hide-a-lunk-cum over the lee Hide-a-lunk-cum-feedle Now here's a little rant from TalkinValley.com Well, I suppose in the city everybody's happy We're having a nice mild winter but here in the Ottawa Valley, a mild winter, it's sort of like havoc. It disrupts all normal life. We hardly know what to do with ourselves. And it's economic disaster as well. I mean, look at the restaurants and motels. Normally, they'd be kind of full at this time of year with snowmobilers and skiers and other people coming for ice fishing. But this year, slow, 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 and ice fishing... Well, you can't even drive a half ton out on the lakes, and there's not even many people brave enough to put up a shack or drill a hole. It's kind of scary out there. It's been so mild, hardly any snowpack at all, and every time you get a little bit of snow for skiing or snowmobiling or just for the sake of protecting the ground, it come, you get a rain and it melts it away. Oh, it's not good. And I suppose it's easy on the deer, but... What about the poor wolves? How are they going to get by? And we need those wolves, too, because you got to keep that deer population down. Otherwise, we'll be running into too many of them on the road. So, as you can see, not having snow on the loggers, terrible for them to operate in these kinds of conditions. They need snow and ice, too. We were just up to Ottawa on the weekend, winter lewd. They're calling it walker lewd because you can't skate or anything. No, no, it, we, we prefer uh, winter that's winter, men that are men, women that are women, and uh, all those kinds of good uh, Ottawa Valley things. For more Talkin' Valley with Valley Vic, Ish, and Mike McCormick, visit TalkinValleyWithNoG.com. Well, good day there now, and I hope you all enjoying the show so far. And now we got our local historian and author and world traveler back, jo uh, Johanna Zomers. 
And uh, she's, she and I are going to be talking about a, a subject here that I always thought about, you know. And, and I mentioned it on my Talking Valley uh, a podcast there with, with my friends that, you know, nowadays, uh, growing up, it, it's so darn safe, it, it just ain't fun anymore. And, 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 and when we were growing up, walking to school could even be dangerous, eh? Well, walking to school could be very dangerous because, first of all, you had to survive the trip with a whole bunch of older boys who were always ready to torture you with all sorts of things and, and threaten to throw you in the well or over the fence and down the hill. And so, yeah, that was your schoolmates. They were a source of danger. But then there were also all the spooky houses with the witches that lived alongside the road. And when you go down Brudenell, there's some really spooky areas. And, of course, every old widow lady who lived by herself, we thought she was a witch. And then there were the old bachelors who were sitting outside in front of their shacks, spitting into their uh, coffee cans, those uh, tobacco cans, and... uh, yelling at you as you went by and threatening things. And then when you got to school, when you and in the winter, of course, you almost froze to death because you'd be walking through drifts up to your knees. Uh, the big girls were told that the little kids, we were not allowed to lie down by the side of the road because we were tired because we would just freeze to death. So they had to drag us along. Then when we got to the school and we had warmed up the schoolroom, and we all were in danger of hypothermia with our wet mittens and our wet woolen coats and our boots that were full of snow. And then it was recess, and then you could go outside and really get into the danger because we had a hill in our schoolyard. And then you made a sled out of a piece of slab wood, and the boys nailed a cross piece of wood on the front. You picked a short slab that was nicely rounded on the bottom, and then they nailed another piece across. You had something to hold on to. And then you poured water down the hill until you had a nice, icy sort of a track. And then you went up on top of that hill and got onto those pieces of slab, sometimes three or four of you at a time, and you gave a push off, and there you went. And... No helmets, no knee pads. No helmets, no knee pads, no nothing. And our school wasn't too bad because if you made the turn, you could come past the school wall and uh, just end up kind of in the snowbank by the road. And another school that one of my younger brothers went to, they used to talk about how there was a cement wall at the end of the schoolyard, so you were saved from death on the highway by hitting the, the cement wall. And nobody ever perished, but, uh, you know, in the spring we played in the creeks. When the creeks were running really fast, you could make your little boats out of twigs and you'd be there hovering over the side of this running water. Uh-huh. You could jump from the outhouse roof at the school. You could jump from barn loft into the hay, and the hay maybe had a pitchfork or something that remained in it. Uh, you could play games of rodeo, trying to ride the steers and the heifers. Um, oh, there were countless things you could do in those days and have so much fun. But nowadays, that would be considered extremely dangerous. You, As a parent, you'd probably be tossed in jail or at least the cops would come anyway. Oh, definitely. And I am surprised. I'm sure there were kids who got hurt. I cannot offhand remember anybody. No, neither can I. No. Hmm. But it was fun. It was great fun. Then it was dangerous. And it was dangerous. There you go again. Just proves the point, eh? Even back then, we still knew that 
Danger and fun went. Danger and fun hand. went hand in hand. Now yes. to now now to get fun, you have to go to uh, uh, one of them Ferris wheel things, and they strap you in. That's right. Get yes. hung upside yes. down. That's yes. dangerous. Yes. I don't know. That's stupid. No. <laughs> but thanks for that little bit of history and, and animals. Did you ever run into many animals? Um. My brother got sprayed <clears throat> by a skunk. Yeah, I never got sprayed by a skunk. Uh, we had uh, we had a great fear of wolves that we knew were lurking in the cedar bush. Mm. I don't think they really were, but you would hear the coyotes there at night, and then we were convinced in the daytime that, of course, that bush was full of wolves. And you know when you're going home from school and it's just starting to get dark in the winter and the snow is falling, it's about 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and you're running up the driveway through the cedar bush, and you can just see the eyes. And then it turns out, of course, it's probably deer, but we were convinced it was wolves. Got you home Oh, yes. No, oh, it got us home plenty quick, yes. Now, how far did you have to walk to school? Uh, we walked about two miles. So what's that in city blocks that people listening in the city know? That would be, oh, about six blo- 10 blocks, 12 blocks? Oh, I think it's more than that, isn't more than it? That? Yeah. So yeah, yes. two miles each way. <clears throat> it took us um, uphill both ways. Yeah, you know, uphill both ways. It took us about forty-five minutes to walk home from school, and that, mind you, was you were always dragging small children behind you because the older kids had to, like you were not allowed. It's the older boys could go ahead by themselves, but the rest of us had to travel. Uh, so the as old a boys group. had to go ahead and have a smoke, or they whatever. had to go ahead and have a smoke and figure out how they were going to terrorize us as we got up to where they were lurking. Um, but yeah, the rest, the girls had to bring the little kids. So if you were a little kid, you were slow. And if you were in grade eight, you were dragging the little kids who were slow. So it was quite the ordeal going back and forth from school in those days. But really, nobody ever died walking to school. No, nobody did. You were awful darn cold when you got there, but, uh, in the winter. Well, thanks very much for that little bit of reminiscing, Joanne and, uh, Johanna. It's my historical name, Johanna. Your historical name, Johanna. And I uh, hope to see you back real soon Thank for you. Uh, another little historical thing about the Ottawa Valley. And now a little message from a Felsky Shoes. I used to buy the saddles, the shoes, the jeans, the socks, and undies if you want a real good deal. Come down to a Felsky's. Whether for bushwork or rural leisure, if you're looking for the best prices and quality, you owe it to yourself to visit a Felsky Shoes in Killaloo and Barry's Bay, giving back to the community for 70 years. Whether you're a tourist or you make your living felling trees, you're going to get the best of deals. Shopping at a Felsky's. A Felsky Shoes. Free long-winded story available with every purchase. There was a little woman and she had a little pig. Mm -hmm. There was a little woman and she had a little pig. Mm -hmm. There was a little woman and she had a little pig. Fed it on clover, wasn't very big. Mm -hmm. That little old pig was fed on clover. That little old pig was fed on clover. Mm-hmm. That little old pig was fed on clover. Then it went and it died all over. Mm-hmm. The little old woman she sobbed and sighed. Mm-hmm. The little old woman she sobbed and sighed. Mm-hmm. The little old woman. 
and she sobbed and sighed. Then she went and she also died. Mm-hmm. The little old man, he died of grief. Mm-hmm. The little old man, he died of grief. Mm-hmm. The little old man, he died of grief. Wasn't that a sad relief? Mm-hmm. Now that is the tale of the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Now that is the tale of the one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Now that is the tale of the one, two, three. The man and the woman and the little piggy. Mm-hmm. Well, I hear the fish are biting, and we better wrap this up. Well, we'll be back real soon for another episode of Radio Stone Fence Theatre. You know, we've been putting the Ottawa Valley on stage here since 2003, and we're going to be doing it some more. But first, we better get back to the ice shack. So we'll see you real soon, eh? Have a good day, eh? Down in summer kitchen.